Our guest tonight is Pamela Paul of the book Pornified, How Pornography is Transforming Our Lives, Our Relationships, and Our Families, How It's Affecting the Ways in Which We Personify Ourselves, I guess. Uh, you did a survey. You commissioned a survey run by the Harris Organization on these very matters. But what do we really know from available data, whether in that survey, whether in your interviews, or yet other sources that you've examined? What do we know about whether male pursuit of pornography, clearly it's basically a man's game. It's the men who indulge in all of this viewing with some real motivation. What do we know about how that affects the quality of their marriages? Some men apparently say that they engage in this uh, or try to get their wives to view the same stuff so as to spice up and revitalize their sex lives. Does it, does it have that effect? Well, you know, that's a, that's a common myth, and a lot of people say, well, we look at pornography together. Yeah. Um, and the women say to me, you know what? My husband and I look at porn together. Well, when I actually talked to those men, many of them said, yeah, I look at porn kind of to appease my wife with her, but the kind of stuff that we watch together isn't really what I like. And I look at what I really want to look at on my own. And I remember there was this one couple um, that I was interviewing on actually talking to them together. And um, they were talking about how when they go traveling, you know, they'll rent a, a pay-per-view porn in their hotel room and that it's sort of something fun that they do um, when they take a trip. And then during the course of the conversation, the guy mentioned, well, of course, you know, I look at online porn by myself. And she was like, you do? And really shocked. You know, she thought that she was sort of fulfilling his need for pornographic fantasy. Um, and, uh, you know, often it's the case that what men are interested in seeing is a lot more um, extreme, a lot, just a sort of very different, often more violent kind of pornography than most women are interested in. When I was a, a budding adolescent a long time ago, so long ago, there, the porn must have been available, but it wasn't available to me. What was available were pin-up pictures of uh, people like Betty Grable or various other movie stars, and one would idealize those and react to them, and one was um, interested in the attractions of, of uh, female Pulchitrude, of course, uh, and those that were somewhat idealized also, one sought adventure and sought contact and managed to achieve some of that. But um, the, uh, there was a, a tone of, um, of reserve that intimacy lay behind the curtain, or intimacy was what you might ultimately achieve, but it was better and more truly intimate if it was reserved for special occasions and with special people. These days, there's an easy and open sexuality. I've been a college teacher for most of my life, and I know perfectly well that what happens these days is that kids are doing hookups all the time in ordinary campus life. And a hookup, you know, what's your proper definition of a hookup as opposed to the, quote, date? Uh, a hookup is, um, you know, generally some kind of sexual involvement. You with know, no, well, a sexual activity. Yeah. With no commitment. Right. And no, in, and no implication of any lasting relationship. It's something well, you do on a given often. night. There's often the hope that there'll be a lasting relationship, but it's the equivalent of what, you know, first date used to be. Yeah. And indeed, it happens very often on the first date or on the first... Uh, right, you hook up and then you hope that, you know, a relationship will sort of grow out of it. That you'll hook up again and then, you know, this will lead to more frequent hooking. And I might think, as an older guy looking at kids these days, gee, I wish I'd had that available, but really I don't. Because all the romance, 
all the delicacy, all the intimations of closer and closer meaningful connection to another person that one had when I was an adolescent and a post-adolescent, when I was a college undergraduate. None of that seems to exist these days among the students that I know at my own university. What's funny is when I talk to a lot of 30-something men who are big porn fans, um, they actually um, expressed, when I said, well, what about your kids? You know, when do you think it'll be okay if you have children or when when your children are older, when would it be okay for them to look at porn? And a lot of the men said that they didn't want their sons to look at porn until Mm -hmm. they were 16, 17, 18. Well, the average age that kids come into porn, contact with porn is about 10 or 11. Where do they get that early contact? The Internet. The Internet, basically. Yeah, or, even though you, or can... you know, look, I mean, it's even something like the Laddie magazines, like, you know, the Maxim. I mean, that would have been considered mm-hmm. porn a, a long time ago. And, and Playboy and, and Penthouse and all of the other pornographic magazines are readily available on newsstands, and they can look at it on television if they subscribe to cable. You know, they, they can sneak in and watch pay-per-view or even just turn to cable late night. Well, supposedly the parents could put one of those controls on what shows up on the cable screen. Yes, and they, they don't, by and large, but of course they could. Um, but I think that, that that a lot of men believe that it actually takes some of the, you know, and this is, again, in 24-7 hindsight, but they look back and they say, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit nervous about kids these days because I, even though they came into por- contact with pornography at a young age, they say, first of all, this is 30-something men. I looked at pornography in magazines, and, you know, it was a lot more innocent back then, but they're worried about kids who come into contact with Internet porn because, you know, when you talk about pinups of Betty Grable, that's very different from what you get online today. Well, of course it is. And, yeah. of course, you know, there are things that are like pinups of Betty Grable online, and you can go online mm-hmm. and look at that, but then you're just a click away from something that's much more graphic. Is the total availability of sex either as a real activity uh, for young people from very early on in their lives, or the total availability of sex in the form of pornography on various screens and in various publications, is all of that conducive to true erotic uh, fulfillment in life, or does it tend to deaden the possibility of erotic fulfillment? I think that pornography is extremely limiting in terms of true erotic fulfillment. I think that um, the, you know, we have this idea that, you know, porn is, is, is sexually liberating and that it's, you know, it's uh, creative and open-minded. And I think that, that pornography has a very narrow, limited, almost Victorian view of sex in which sex is something, you know, dirty and it's something that should be, you know, done and gotten over with and, and moved on. And it's, you know, the women are disposable and the men are disposable. And, um, you know, there are no feelings involved. There is, you know, very little kissing. There's almost no foreplay. Yeah. It's just kind of, let's do it. And, and What do you do with the theme that has been sounded and developed by some uh, feminist um, writers and publicists? Andrea Dworkin was one. Who's that woman? Catherine uh, McKinnon. Catherine, Catherine McKinnon, professor of law at Michigan, is another, who argue essentially that pornography is um, induces essentially rapine activity on the part of men towards women. That it's intrinsically a violation of the nature and the dignity of women. I I do think that pornography is degrading, but I wouldn't go so far as to say that it causes sexual violence um, because there, first of all, is no evidence yet that it does. And it's very hard to prove causation. I mean, you Mm -hmm. you can find some kind of criminal who may have been a sexual compulsive and sexually criminal in a lot of ways, and he looked at porn, and who's to say that porn made him do it? And I think that we found that laws limiting pornography along these lines have proved extremely problematic, and I do think that you run into First Amendment issues. So 
I would definitely stop short of saying that pornography causes rape or sexual violence. What I think we have not paid attention to, though, is because, because especially in the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s, we focused so much on, you know, well, does porn cause rape? We didn't look at the vast middle ground of where pornography does cause harm, that it does cause, cause harm to individuals who use it. But the harm that it causes uh, is not getting raped. It is rather what? What are the well, major injuries that... Let's, let's talk about the men who use it because, you know, people can say, oh, well, you know, women, of course, feel bad about it. They don't understand it's a guy thing or they're just mm -hmm. jealous or they're insecure. I talk to a lot of men who are not sex addicts, they're not porn addicts, they're regular guys, they are lawyers, they are insurance salespeople, they are computer consultants, and they have said to me that looking at pornography regularly over time has sort of dimmed their interest yeah. in sex, and it's decreased their ability diminished to... Diminished their erotic capability. It's diminished their erotic capability, mm. and, you know, plain and simple, they find it hard to have an orgasm mm. during regular sex with their wives. A lot of them look at porn while they're having sex, or if they're not watching it, you know, actually on the TV while they're having sex, they conjure up images of porn in their mind, or they find that against their own wishes, they start thinking about pornography while they're having sex with their wives or girlfriends because they become so used to sexually cueing to those kind of images that it becomes hard to dispel. And the women even actively in a, in a sexual engagement may sometimes realize that he's not really reacting to me, he's reacting to images he's conjuring in his head. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to women who said, you know, I just sensed that he wasn't really there. Yeah. You know, or women felt like they, they, the, the man that they were with, whether it was their husband or boyfriend, made them conform to this sort of pornographic ideal. You know, someone, one woman t told me, um, I call uh, her Valerie in the book, that she was dating this guy and they had sex for the first time. And afterwards she said, do you look at porn? And he was like, yeah, what are you into? Thinking, you know, here's this woman who's really sexy and, and is going to be into watching porn with me. And she said, oh, no, no, no. I just, I could tell that you looked at porn by the way you have sex with me. And she says, you know, it's, it's sort of this bright lights. It's very visual. It's, he wants her to get into certain positions. Um, and that there's this kind of pornified sex. And mm. women can tell.